The Lord be with you. Welcome to Thin Places, the podcast channel of St. Aidan's Anglican Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. I'm Father Lee, the pastor here at St. Aidan's, and I want to invite you to join me here each week as we join together to share common prayer, common worship, and common life. And just as the streams feed the trees on their banks till they pour in the seas, so may my life be to all those who share this wilderness road. Spirit of God, come dwell within me. Open my heart, oh come set me free. Fill me with love for Jesus my Lord. Oh fill me with living Your servants are listening. Because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the heavens, of the harvest, to send out laborers into the harvest. And he called to him his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Jesus is living. Jesus is here. Jesus, my Lord, come closer to me. Jesus, our Savior, dying for me. And rising to save his people. <clears throat> Will you pray with me? Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and you are our redeemer. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I invite you to be seated. When you think back over your life, especially the early part of your life, can you recall a particular event where you realized that there was something wrong with the world that we live in. 
It could be that that happened at a very young age. I know that some of us experience trauma at an early age where we learned not to trust the world that was around us. And for some of us, we lived uh, a, a, a more sheltered life. And so it didn't happen until later on. But I think if we pause for a moment and think back over our own life and our own experience, we can remember maybe one event or maybe it was a, a cluster of events together um, that revealed to us that there's something desperately wrong in the world around us. When I was thinking about it this week, I remembered uh, losing a friend. Um, he and I played on a softball team together when I was uh, 11 or 12 years old. Um, and, and he was uh, he was killed in a car accident. And it was the first time, it was the, the first funeral that, that I went to for somebody that I, I knew. Um, and I remember after that, sitting in my room and thinking that, that the, just imagining the wrongness of, of losing somebody who was a friend, especially losing somebody who was young like that. We talk about leadership, especially when we're leading organizations. It could be a, a church or a business or a club, whatever that is. We, we often talk in leadership about helping people to, to shift their, their means of thinking. And we use the phrase, uh, shifting our paradigms. Right, And that's something that happens to us early on. But it's not a shift in our paradigms that's a good shift. Right, it's a, it, it's a shift in the way that we see the world around us where we recognize that there's, we're not surrounded by safety all of the time. And that, but there's something inside of us that desperately wants that to not be true anymore. Right? Or maybe if we, if we think about it in more of a, a classical Christian way, that there's something deeply untrue about the world. And when we come face to face with that, it causes this, this dissonance inside of us. It causes confusion. And for some of us, we, we still continue to carry that confusion with us today. For some of us, the, the confusion just sort of lapsed into our, our everyday, ordinary reality. And we just sort of assume that that's the way that the world functions in today's gospel, Jesus is in the midst of his earthly ministry. He is, we would say, in the thick of it. He's right in the middle of, of all of the ministry that he's doing. And his ministry at this point has been focused on Galilee. So Jesus is preaching and teaching in, in the synagogues around his hometown in Capernaum. And there's a crowd that gathers, and so he leads the crowd just outside of town up to the top of a mountain, and he gives them a sermon. In Matthew's Gospel, we call this the Sermon on the Mount, where he sits down and he explains to them what God's kingdom looks like. And the very first thing that he does is he contrasts God's kingdom with the world that we live in. Right? He says, in God's kingdom, the poor in spirit are blessed. In God's kingdom, the people who are filled with sorrow are joyful and happy. In God's kingdom, the peacemakers are the ones who are in charge of things. He describes what God's kingdom looks like, even though he knows that they are sitting in the midst of a world that doesn't look like God's kingdom. It doesn't look like God's kingdom at all. But this is what Matthew describes to us, that as soon as Jesus walks down that mountain, it's a fairly long sermon as far as sermons in Scripture go, and so it takes us all the way from chapter 5 to chapter 8. And in chapter 8, Matthew starts describing to us what Jesus' ministry in Capernaum and in those towns nearby in Galilee looks like. And that ministry looks like Jesus 
healing every single person that comes to him. That's the way that Matthew describes it. Every single person that comes to Jesus for healing is healed. And yet the crowds continue to come. Maybe because they recognize that there's something different about this preacher. Maybe because they recognize that, that, that there's something in this person, in the person of Jesus Christ, that changes everything that he touches. But what I find incredible in the passage that we read, now this passage that we read is right at the very end of chapter 9, and just the first verse in chapter 10, is that Matthew reveals something to us about the heart of Jesus, that if we are not paying close attention, we will miss Because right in the middle of his healing ministry, Matthew pauses for just a moment and he reveals God's heart in Jesus Christ to us if we are paying attention. Now as Jesus has been traveling, every single time somebody comes to him with a disease, he heals them. And so that sometimes looks like making uh, making people who are paralyzed walk. And sometimes that looks like him, uh, him, him healing blindness. Or sometimes it's different kinds of infections that people have. Or, or hemorrhages or diseases that they don't know the origin of. One time he raises a child to life. He brings a child back to life and restores her into the arms of her parents. This is what Jesus' ministry in Galilee, Jesus' ministry around Capernaum looks like. But this is the way that Matthew describes it, that Jesus healed every disease and every affliction. Every disease and every affliction. And when we hear that, sometimes we just sort of skip over it. But the word that he uses there doesn't mean just being sick with things. Sometimes when we think of an affliction, we might sort of classify it in those terms. We might just say, well, it's just sort of being sick. But when he talks about an affliction. He's talking about something that is a sickness that isn't about our body, but it's about our soul. The sicknesses that affect our mind, the sicknesses that affect our spirit. These are just as real a sickness as any other kind of sickness. But Matthew points out to us that as Jesus was going through the countryside, he wasn't just healing those who were ill. He was healing everyone who was hurting. Everyone who was wounded, everyone who was broken, that what Jesus touched, he healed. See, the wrongness in the world around us isn't just about sickness, and it's not just about death. But we all experience the wrongness in the world around us in all kinds of different ways. Sometimes it looks like pain. And that could be physical pain that we're experiencing because of, of things that have happened to us in, the, in, in our lives. But just as often, it's emotional pain. The scars that are left by trauma that we receive from people that we loved and people that we trusted. It could be mental pain. Disorders of our mind, disorders of our personality, disorders in our hearts. It could be spiritual Because we recognize that there are dark forces in the world around us that only want to destroy the things that God creates and that they affect us and afflict us too. Sometimes that affliction looks like sorrow. And sorrow can be sorrow over loss, things that we wanted to have and don't have. It could be sorrow like a a regret, maybe over things that we have done or maybe over things that we didn't do and should have. 
It could be sorrow over broken relationships, people that we've lost. But the affliction could be more material than that. It could be hunger. Because the truth is that we are surrounded all the time by people who are hungry. Did you know that in the world that we live in, one half of the population on the planet does not have consistent access to clean water? I want us to think about that for a second. Half of the people on the planet do not get to turn open the tap and believe that they're not going to get sick. It happens in our country. It happens in our neighborhoods. It happens in, in, in nearby communities around us, especially here in, in Kentucky at the edges of Appalachia. But it happens all around the world. And it's not just water. One in every seven people on the planet is facing a shortage of food. And half of those are in the midst of full-blown famine. And almost always that famine is caused by a breakdown in the community that they live in, by a failure of the government, by a failure of the, the people who are in charge, and because of the violence that results from instability, it directly affects not just their day-to-day -day life, but it affects the ability for people to put food on their table. Jesus looks at the crowd and he sees people who are experiencing pain, people who experience sorrow, people who experience hunger, people who experience loneliness. Because this is what sin does. It forces us into a tiny little corner where we're cut off from everything. When we read Genesis 3 and, and the scripture describes to us the effect of sin on us, it's not just that it breaks our relationship with God, as horrible and life-changing as that is, but it also alienates us from each other. And it alienates us from the whole of creation. It separates us even from ourselves. Sin affects every single part of our human experience. And it leaves us in pain and in sorrow and in hunger and in loneliness and in weariness. There's such a tiredness in us of dealing with the effect of sin and the effect of loss and the effect of sorrow and regret. But this is what Matthew says, that Jesus looked at the crowd. He looked at the people who were there around him. He saw them, and then Matthew says, he had compassion for them. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them. That word kind of misses it, I guess, is the best way to describe it in English. The word that Matthew uses isn't just uh, like, um, I don't know, like pity or sympathy. It's not, it's not like that at all. The word that Matthew uses is the pit of his stomach. It says that Jesus looked at the crowds and he had sorrow. He hurt for them in the very depths of his being, he was moved in the deepest part of himself in order to help them. Now think about how incredible that revelation is to us from St. Matthew this morning. That God sees you. That God sees you in the midst of your illness in the midst of your affliction he sees the hurt in us 
and the pain and the sorrow and the hunger and the loneliness and the weariness. God sees you. And the very deepest parts of him are moved to compassion. God is moved to action because he sees you. No other faith has a story like that. We're surrounded by competing stories about about what our purpose is and about who God is. But no other faith tells a story like that. The gods in the Norse pantheon are not moved by compassion. The Egyptian deities aren't. The gods on Olympus are not moved by compassion because of what they see in the lives of the people around them. The gods of the East want you just to forget it or just to accept it. The gods of the West couldn't be bothered to think about you. But St. Matthew tells us today that God revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ that God sees you. Just as you are right now, God sees you. And in the deepest parts of God's heart, God is moved. God is moved by his compassion, by his love for you. But it doesn't stop there. Because Jesus is not just moved by compassion. Jesus sees them and Jesus is moved by them. And then Jesus does something about it. That's the promise that we have today in Romans. When we read from Paul's letter to the Romans, Paul describes to us what it means that we are justified by faith. He says that because we are justified, because we have been made right with God, we have peace with God. That we have been welcomed home by God. That we have obtained access to God's home. That we have God's ear. That we are welcomed at God's table because of what Jesus Christ has done. That Jesus Christ has opened the door so that we can return to him. So that we can have hope that we also will share in God's glory. We share in God's glory because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus sees you. Jesus knows you. Jesus loves you. And Jesus calls you. Jesus is calling us to himself even today. Right here where you are, Jesus is calling you to himself. Because in Jesus there is healing. Because in Jesus there is hope. Because what Jesus touches, he heals. What Jesus touches, he redeems. What Jesus touches becomes part of his kingdom. Jesus sees you. And he knows you. And he loves you. And he calls you. And we could end the sermon right there. Because that is enough for us to hang our hope on. It is enough for you and I to hear that Jesus loves us and is calling us to himself and to say glory be to God and then to join him at his table because he is inviting us to his table. But if we did that, 
we would miss out on something else that Matthew is revealing to us today. Because this is what Matthew says. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. Because they were harassed and because they were helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so he called to himself the twelve disciples and he gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every disease and every affliction. Listen to this again. When Jesus was proclaiming the gospel, he healed every disease and every affliction. And when he saw the crowds, he was moved by compassion and being moved by compassion, he called his disciples and gave them power to heal and to cure every affliction. The promise of the gospel is not just that Jesus is with us. Jesus is with us. But the promise of the gospel is this, that Jesus is with us And he is calling us not just to be healed. He's calling us to be the instruments through which he continues that work of healing creation. Because what Jesus touches, he redeems. And with Jesus beside us, what we touch is being redeemed also. Jesus is not just inviting us to come to his table so that we can be made whole. He's inviting us to be made whole so that we can go out and invite others into his presence. So that we can be the voice that calls his children home. The promise of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom that Jesus is proclaiming is not just that every disease, that every pain, that every sorrow, that every hunger, that every loneliness, that every weariness can be made whole. The promise of the gospel is not just that Jesus himself is right now at work in this world setting things right. Making all of the wrong things untrue. But the promise of the gospel is that if you and I will hear his voice and follow where he calls us, you and I will join him in that work. The gift that he gives to us is a new calling, a new identity. The invitation of Jesus is not only for you to be healed, but for you to become a means of healing in your home, and in your school, and in your workplace, and in your neighborhood, and in your community. The invitation of Jesus is to become the presence of God. God's own healing and compassion. The invitation of Jesus is for you and I to see the crowds. And to be moved by pity. To be moved by love. And then to go alongside Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit. To touch and to heal every disease and every affliction. So maybe you're here today and you are in need of healing. Maybe there is a physical healing that you need. Maybe there is a spiritual healing that you need. Maybe there's something that you need to be delivered from today. This is a place where God's grace is being poured out for you. And if you need healing and deliverance today, then I'm available for that. And after we receive communion, Deacon Jesse is available for that. We are here to pray with you because we believe that this is a place where Jesus is present. Where Jesus touches and he heals us. But maybe you're here today 
And what you need is to have your heart softened. Maybe you're here today and what you need to do is to learn how to see the world, how to see the neighborhood the way that Jesus sees it. So that you can see others. So that you can be moved with compassion. So that God's love can be stirred up in your own heart. And you can go and become a means of healing and of grace. Every time we gather together, we're sent out with a dismissal. And our dismissal is unique to us at St. Aidan's. We say, how goes the world? The world goes not well. But the kingdom comes. This is a place where God's kingdom happens. This is a place where you are invited to invest yourselves, your heart, your will, your lives in God's kingdom. And transform all of the places that you are. All of the places that you touch in the places where God's kingdom happens. Because the world goes not well. But God's kingdom comes. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for checking out Thin Places today. If you were blessed by your time with us and want to know more, check out anchor.fm forward slash thin dash places for more homilies, devotionals, and worship from St. Aidan's Church in Nicholasville, Kentucky. And make sure to follow us and leave a comment and join us again next time in common prayer, common worship, and common life. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Father is restored.